This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Father's Day weekend to you and yours and me and him and her and them. It's Father's Day weekend. BJ Colleen joining us. The voice of reason in the automotive journalistic world, at least in my world. Hi, BJ. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Allen. Long time no chat. I know. Man, what the heck is going on? By the way, behind yeah. you is Mr. Brian Moody from Auto Trader and then Ed Justice. I got all oh, my boy. Father's Day fathers going on here. Except Stephen Cole Smith is going to be on. He's not a father, so I don't know that it counts. So Yes, he is. He's a father to a whole bunch of kitties. Oh, well, that's true. His fur babies. That's right. That's right. Forgot they about count that. just as much. You know, speaking of fur babies, pigs don't really have much fur. But uh, no. a, a neighbor of ours gave us seven little piglets. Oh, and, so uh, cute. So the guy, Bo, that works for me out at the ranch over there, he calls me and he goes, these things are having convulsions, convulsions. I'm telling you there. So he sends me, it's so sad. It sends me a picture of these little like 20 pound little black piglets, seven of them. And one of them is just, it's like laying on the ground, you know, like, and I'm like, what's wrong? And he goes, I don't know. And it's like, we're freaking out. Anyway, just, uh, that was my day yesterday, but they're all fine. So I don't know. They got into something and got, uh. Stomach aches and started having convulsions. <laughs> oh, I hope God. you named him after the seven dwarves because that would just be adorable. You know what? That's a good idea. That's a good yes. idea. Yes. Anyway, BJ Colleen has a little bit of a uh, update on Barrett Jackson, which is coming up in uh, Las Vegas, and then some vehicles comings and goings. Uh, I'm sure that means uh, new ones and ones that uh, nameplates that will be going away. And uh, yep. then Uber car share and some quick charging station information. We've got 30 minutes together. Go. Okay. Well, let's talk about Barrett Jackson. I, yes. I just got, you know, they're coming to Vegas next week. Right. And I can't wait to go. They're moving, though. They were at Mandalay Bay, and now they're going to the convention center to the West Hall. Well, that's so, where they uh, were. That's where they were last time. Were they, were they last year? Yeah, they were remember, there. But, yeah, they were huh. there. And, uh, okay. and I think it was... Uh, I almost think right. it was better at uh, Mandalay Bay, I have to say. But, I liked it better at Mandalay Bay. Yeah. It was closer to my house. Mandalay well, it was closer to my house. Yeah, that and also there's more <laughs> food options. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah, there's not much at the convention center, yeah, that's for sure. That's so, right. But, you know, Saturday night is the big night. That's when the big boys come out to play. And they've got a nice lineup of vehicles. They've got a McLaren mm. MP412C wow. that they're going to auction off Saturday night. They have one of your favorites. It's lot number 773. It's a 2023 Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye Jailbreak. Booyah. That's pretty much the top of the line. 6.2 yeah. liter supercharged V8, 807 horsepower. And this one's got only 11 miles on it. So wow. it should go for a pretty good price. Yeah. And then another car, which I don't know if you've driven one of these. It's a, a 21 Camaro. ZL1 Hennessy Custom Edition called Exorcist. And that's the one that's supercharged <laughs> right. with 1,000 horsepower. 
and 996 foot-pounds of torque. Wow. So is that have you driven that Hennessy Z01 well, or not? I haven't, but the story there is that when Dodge came out with the Demon, John Hennessy, who's a friend of both of ours, John decided he's got to come up with the Exorcist. So he gets, you know, Demon is Dodge, and the Exorcist <laughs> is the Chevrolet uh, Camaro. and But everything that John touches is amazing. So I'm sure that it it's is. amazing. It's going to bring big money. Wow. Yeah, that's, big that's time. Cool. And yeah. I love that there's a little disclaimer that said, may not be emissions compliant in all 50 states. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> right. I love that one. Thousand orange. Uh, lot, yeah, Lot 751 is the Challenger SRT Hellcat Black Ghost. Which I think they just introduced that that uh, recently, weren't you at that introduction? Or yeah, you yeah, yeah. It? This is one of the final vehicles. Uh, they kind of came out with a collection of famous kind of nameplates through history, and uh, so that should bring a big pile of money too. You know, the Dodge Demon One Seventy, the one that's coming out. Some dealers are getting a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand over window sticker. So this could be one of those kind of, you know things that uh, it causes a trend for these custom collectibles uh barrett yep. jackson next weekend i don't think i'm gonna be there but you never know i may sneak away um all right hang tight B uh, bj colleen joining us uh what else there's so much more to talk about but uh we gotta take a break i'll be right back stay with us Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Thanks to our friends at Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. And B.J. Colleen for giving us a little report on, uh, well, the uh, next week, Barrett Jackson. She's talking about some of the cars that are uh, going to be across the auction block for you to bid. Check it out. It'll be in uh, Las Vegas next weekend. Anyway, yep, yes. Yep. Got a couple I can't more? bid on some of these because things like a Lamborghini Aventador yeah. and uh Ford GT lightweight edition, Ooh. I can't afford that. The Ooh. Ferrari F SF90, uh, yeah, that's out of my price range, just barely, you know, mm -hmm. just barely. Mm -hmm. But uh, it should be fun to watch those go across the block. Now, Saturday night is for the big boys. Thursday is for the not-so-big boys. So I always like to go through and see what they've got coming through on Thursday. And Lot 63, which is pretty much as soon as the show opens, they got a Ford Model T Roadster with an all-original motor and transmission. Oh. So I'd be curious to see what that goes for. It's kind of cool. You know what's uh, funny? The one I really, Th those what? have really come down in value for whatever reason. You can buy them very inexpensively. 
Yep, you can. Yep. But this one is one if I had the funds right now, but I don't because I, you know, just redid my kitchen. Right. I think I bid on this one. Lot 107.1, a 1977 Mercury Bobcat Village Wagon with the blue and yellow plaid interior. (laughs) That goes way back to what year was it? 70 what? 77. Oh, gosh. Well, didn't you own a Pinto or something? Yes, I owned a Pinto, a 75 Pinto roundabout. And then we also owned two Pinto station wagons. So I would buy one in a heartbeat. And, you know, once I retire and I've spent all the money I can spend, I can start saving again. I'm going to get one of those. I tell you. I like the one-off cuckoo things. One, sure. one I've never owned, one car, a Pinto of any kind. How do you like that? <laughs> and I've owned and then, You know what? It was a great little vehicle in 75. I, I mean, absolutely loved it. But then I got my Honda CRX, and I never looked back. It's basically the way it works. So. But so, again, the, it's going to be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They don't do Sundays anymore. It's just not enough, you know, to go on on Sunday. Right. But if you're interested, Barrett Jackson is going to be at the convention center. At the West Hall, I, tickets are fairly affordable, certainly a lot more affordable than the cars going across the block on yeah, Saturday night, right. but it's going to be fun to watch. And then when the show's over, we'll report on what these went for. So okay. For fun. All right. Well, now right. changing uh, directions, give me this little update on uh, the, uh, what is it, vehicles comings and goings. You got about two minutes. Okay. Toyota Land Cruiser, they're bringing it back. And they've just had a little bit of teaser on their website that mm. just shows some of the the name badges on the side of a vehicle. And the rumors are, Toyota's not saying anything. They're just, you know, teasing it. But the word on the street is that it probably won't come back as the full-size vehicle that it was, but it's probably going to come back closer to the midsize, basically like the smaller Lexus GX platform. They haven't made any mention of on-sale date or timing or pricing, but Land Cruiser was a very popular vehicle when oh, it first man. came out in the years that it existed. Yeah, so I've people are actually going to love that. Now, the only so, bummer is if they do what... Chevrolet did to Blazer, I will put my finger down my throat oh. and hurl. <laughs> you know? know. Just please. The Blazer was a disaster. Yeah. I know. Absolute. Especially when you compared it to the Bronco. Well, it yeah. the Bronco that's, you know, got the great design. And right. Incredible. And, and Blazer, they just killed the name. They just killed it. Well, so they, but they could, they could still, they could fix that. Well, look, could, look Ford, Ford did it with the uh, Taurus. They let it go away and they brought it. Uh, oh, that's a bad example. No, 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 no. That is not a good, no, 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 no. Right. Uh, so the car that's going away, yes. Volkswagen, the Arteon. Do you remember that one? You know, it's a forgettable car. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. Uh, after, after 2024, they said since it was introduced, I remember we were at the auto show. When they introduced it, it's a very pretty sedan. There's, you know, it's sleek, it looks good, but they've only sold 15,000 since it was introduced. So, yeah. you know, it can't support itself. Plus, I looked on online just to see what the starting price was. It starts at 43,000. I know. So it's like, okay, yeah. that's, that's absurd. You know, you can get a Golf R, that fun little Golf R for 44K. Yeah. So, you know, it just didn't really fit in the lineup. You had the Jetta and the Passat, even though the Passat's passed away. But it just didn't make sense. And even when they introduced it, we're like, why? What's the point of this? It looks too much like the other sedans, and it doesn't make sense. So, you know, somebody had a good run in 15,000 sales. I bet if you wanted to, wait till the very end of production in 23 and then go get one for dirt cheap. I mean, this is the time to buy these cars 
is when they're on their deathbed because I think everybody <laughs> just wants to get rid of them. You know what it's I'm talking on, about? I want to buy something on it on when it's on its deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, by the way, but... by the way, when we talk about, you know, the pigs that were earlier, I was talking about my uh, piglets. And yeah. my first thought was when he told me the one was convulsing, I said, take it out and, uh, you know, let's make some bacon quick. And you don't you don't do that when it's on its deathbed. Evidently, it's taboo because you don't know what it ate to be poisoned. You know, it's like yes. I was all I could think of was bacon, 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 bacon. Look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com care. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Yes, thanks to Subaru for sponsoring the show. BJ Colleen is joining us, automotive journalist for many, many years, longtime friend, and uh, reporting in on some stuff like Uber car share and a little more about quick chargers. What you got for us, BJ? Well, one thing I have to ask you is, you know, you said you got a bunch of pigs. Are any of them flying? <laughs> Why? What happened? <laughs> because, you know, when pigs fly, things happen, right? Yeah, none of them are flying. They were hurling. None of them are flying. <laughs> <laughs> they were hurling. I could I throw it. one, I think. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now they got to sprout wings. That's the only way it works. So, uh, But Ford and uh, GM announced that they are partnering with, hang in there, Tesla. Oh, I heard this. To use yeah. its network of charging stations. Yeah, you heard that, right? Now they're saying next year is when they're going to be able to start using Tesla charging stations. In North America, but what's funny is I've read a bunch of different articles, and I, I've heard numbers ranging that Tesla has seven thousand charging stations, up to twenty thousand charging stations that they own. So I don't know who's getting the numbers, who's tracking the numbers, but it's cracked up. Now it's a great idea, but guess who's not happy about this? Who? Tesla owners. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Know? Because now it's like having a gas line. That's exactly That's right. right. Get they in were, line they to, to charge. themselves. Yep. yep. And now you're in line to charge behind some Ford and some GM product. And you were, you know, because let's face it, Tesla owners are the new Prius people, right? They got attitudes, they run stoplights. I've seen everything in my town lately. So now they're going to be pissy about the fact that they can't get to their charging station because Ford and GM are hogging the way because there's a whole lot more Fords and GMs than there are Teslas. So you know, it's so funny. I, I think we're going to be seeing some fights at the charging station. Oh, stations, you so. know, you know it's going to, because I'll tell you what, my brother bought a, uh, what does he have? Well, he's got, it's a Tesla, but I'm just, I can't think of which one it is. Is it, is it the, hold on. Maybe he has two right now then. Cause I the saw. The Model him, Y is the SUV and the yes, S's and the. I saw him yeah. in an SUV and then I also saw him in a car. Now what is going on anyway? 
Because he's a hothead. He'd get into a fight. He'd punch you out. Get out of my lane. You got a Ford. This is a Tesla place. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun to watch this. I'll oh, yeah. You, you know what? Let's let's set up a bunch of those uh, hunting cameras so we can Ooh. make money on the videos or the fights of the Tesla. Owner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like celebrity deathmatch. It'll be <laughs> Tesla deathmatch versus Ford and GM. Oh, owners. my I, God. I can guarantee you we will be reading in when the is, news what, at starting next year. When is this supposed to happen? When are we going to see? Next year. Next year. Okay. okay next year. Okay. Because well. Ford and GM, you know, they, they all have different charge ports that they use different charge kind right. in, their, in their vehicles. So they have to, Make Ford and GM pretty much one. has to adapt. And it's not right. going to be like the previous ones. It'll be the new ones that Ford and GM are going to start to bring out. So gotcha. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There and, should be how, a, there should be a standardized plug charge port thing anyway. You know, I agree. Yeah. Yes, right. I agree. Okay. I agree. It, you know, it's it's typical. Everybody wants to do their own thing. And yep. who suffers? It's it's the consumer. Well, I'll give so you an example. Crazy, I, I got a boat and, and it's got a inverter in it so you can plug it in and everything then inside everything works. Right. And so but guess what? It's a 30 amp thing. So it takes this weird looking washer and dryer plug in thing. And I'm like, what's going on? I had to go to three places. Finally found it <laughs> just for the plug. I thought I'll just make my own. Just the plug itself was $41 just for the little, the, the head of it. I thought, oh, what yeah. is going on with this? You know, anyway. Yeah. Nothing's cheap anymore. No, nothing, nothing especially wiring. Anymore, so. All right. You got about yep, two yep. minutes or so for this quick okay. charging. Uber so. car share. Yes. Uber car share is doing this. It's called Uber car share. It's using yeah. it now in Australia. But they're planning to bring it to North America. Not sure when, but it works like Turo, where you can rent private party vehicles, but you can use your Uber app to do it. So what I like it is you don't have to rent by the day. You can rent it by the hour. So let's say you're working on a project. You don't have a truck. You want to rent an Uber or somebody's truck. You can do that, and you're good to go. So that's a big plus. So, and, so wait a minute. Turo, so Turo is, uh, isn't Turo like a, a cilantro dip? What is what is Turo again? <laughs> Turo is a is a rideshare program where you rent people's private vehicles. Oh, that's right. So, that's, I knew I, yeah, I was like, yeah. what the heck so is that? It's, it's kind of cool, especially because I'm, my friend wants to learn how to drive a stick, and there are no rental car agencies that that have sticks anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I I looked on Turo, and there's a couple of people with manual transmissions, and I'll hmm. I'll probably rent one, but I'm not going to tell them it's to teach somebody how to drive because I have to bring it back with a clutch, you know, so sort of how that works. But uh, so it's cool. Turo is a lawnmower company too. So. Yeah, this is T U R O. Okay, T U R O. It's on the spelling. On the spelling. And finally, my last piece of news for the week is there is a Chinese startup company named Raider Bay Technology, and they have claimed to have a new electric cell that can charge from zero to eighty percent in six minutes, regardless of outside temperature. What do you think of that? I think they're lying. Is what I think of that. <laughs> well, I, maybe it will. Who knows? Well, the founders worked at GAC, which is a very popular EV car manufacturer in China, and it's called the Phoenix Cell, and they're saying that it also can deliver a range of 621 miles on a single charge. Uh, the battery has a heater, and it can heat up the cell from minus 4 degrees to 77 degrees in five minutes. So if this is true, it will make these vehicles a lot more practical. But again, the problem is still the charging at home. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It's right. still a matter of charging because... You can't use that quick charge all the time. You'll really degrade the battery. It'll well, be interesting to watch. That and, you know, think about it. it, it, it I, I just still am not really sold on batteries because of the fires and things we've been seeing. It's still kind of perilous to me. I think that's the right word. Ooh. You're right. It's a little scary. <laughs> 
All right, BJ, thank you. Thank uh, you, Alan. Uh, Brian Moody coming up next from autotrader.com. Then Ed Justice Jr. going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, what is it? The uh, Le Mans, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And then Stephen Cole Smith's got a full-on report for that. So we've got an exciting couple of hours here. I'm Alan Taylor. I've got allergies, so I'm going to take a break and sneeze. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. We're talking cars, trucks, SUVs, and the values, the prices, what's going on in the world of the automotive hobby. And, you know, some people are like, ah, I'm not really in the automotive hobby. Well, I am. Everything I do is kind of like, that's my thing, man. Uh, Brian Moody joining us. I think it's his thing, too, from autotrader.com. I think it might be. Yes. You know what? I think, you know, you get like this this gene in your blood, and you you just, you know, you just can't help yourself. But anyway, what is going on with uh, autotrader? I'm still looking for my thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you, you are very good at uh, coming up with studies and comparisons and prices going up, prices yes. going down. What do you got? So when people are shopping for a car, this is actually Cox Automotive data. And yep. this is part of the parent company of autotrader. So here's something to keep in mind if you're shopping for a new car, that the average price Americans paid for a new vehicle in May remained below MSRP for the fifth consecutive month. So that's a good sign. The average transaction price of a new vehicle in the U.S., however, increased in May on a month-over-month basis by about half a percent. So not a lot, but still, you know, something. Half a percent is about 250 bucks. Yeah. Now... That's not great news when the prices go up. It's not great news for consumers. However, we're at the same time, we're seeing incentives. Inventory is up and incentives are up as well. Now, incentives are around $1,900. That's the highest point in a year. Mm. And that's money that, you know, consumers actually get, like a shopper. If there's an incentive, that's real money that a shopper actually gets in their pocket as either a discount or some kind of cash back or whatever it is. So right. that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A friend of mine is shopping and, he, and he's, he's, you know, he's on Auto Trader noodling around looking for stuff. And 
he's sitting there. He's on, like a, a bump on a log. He was literally sitting on a log. And he says, are prices coming down for used cars? And I said, I think so. Because there's more inventory, right? Like you were saying. So yeah. it depends on, every, you know, it's different everywhere throughout the country. Here's what bugs me a little bit. And maybe you can uh, help me out here. It seems to me like that after the pandemic, you know, there was kind of a, a I was going to say a ripple effect, but more like a tsunami of problems that everybody had to feel in one way or the other. But the auto manufacturers felt it in a really big way because there were chip shortages. The cars were not being able to be yeah. finished and built. And then the price of the used cars and the price of the new cars went up dramatically. But I, I think that that problem is resolved now for the most part. But it seems like the prices are still kind of up for new cars. I, I don't I mean, is it? Yes. Is it? Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So here's a few things. Here's a few things to keep in mind. Yeah. Whenever you look at averages of anything, you're not really getting a clear picture. You're just looking at what the average, like the average thing is true. You know, like we could say something like the average high school graduate in 2023 is, you know, a real dumb dumb or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but if you dig in and find individual people, you're going to find some really smart people in right. that group. Right. And you're going to find some people who just didn't care and screwed off on the test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So averages are helpful to kind of point you in a direction, but they don't tell the whole story. So here's something to keep in mind. The average transaction price of new cars has been trending down recently, mm. especially when you compare year over year. Lately, it's been trending back up, but it's trending back up very slowly. So that's a good sign. It's not flying back up. A couple things when you see high prices to keep in mind. It's not like every price on every car has been just jacked up arbitrarily. For one thing, more people who are buying new cars today and for the past year into the pandemic were opting to buy luxury vehicles at a higher rate than they ever had before. So a normal luxury rate part of the market, percentage of the market, would be about 9, 10, or 11% of the market. Recently, we've seen it as high as 19.5%. I guess what that does to the average. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we see a lot of very highly desirable vehicles coming out kind of at the same time. In my mind, I'm thinking Ford Bronco and Ford Maverick are just two examples. Right. And then when there's limited supply but increased demand, then – in some cases, Nissan Z might be another example, a uh, new Corvette convertible, another example. Then sometimes the prices are raised on those specialty cars. So you see what I'm saying? Like when you get all down to it, it looks like, wow, the price of everything is high. Yes, on some things it is, but sometimes it's people opting. And then on top of that, as a third point, when makers were short of inventory, they wanted to keep themselves going. So guess what they did? They poured all of their resources, all of their manufacturing acumen and ability into the highest profit vehicles. Uh, and what are those? The most loaded vehicles, right? right? right, right so right. they weren't, and that's smart. That's just business. If you had limited amount of supply, you wouldn't say, let's throw it all into the Corolla L where we make $1,000 on each car. No, <laughs> let's put it into uh, the GMC Yukon Denali where we're going to maybe make I don't know, I'm making this up, $12,000 per car. Yeah. So all those things conspire to make it look 
kind of bleak, but if you get down to the nitty gritty, you can still find some sedans and hatchbacks and some used cars that are a really good deal. You know, another thing that I've noticed in the last, I'm going to say decade, because I'm old enough now to do that, that cars you start to see where, I don't know, you know, it used to be that if you saw 200,000 miles, it was like you wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. And today there are like almost every used car has got, you know, 150 to 250,000 miles. And I'm like, wow, lots of miles. And then now I'm seeing 300,000 miles. And still the person, I mean, if it's like a a Ford diesel pickup truck, four-wheel drive, they're still asking a lot of money. And then, of course, they have to have, you know, oh, yeah. paperwork for the stuff they've done to it over the years. But Because it's useful. Well, and because here it is, you know, maybe it's 15,000 bucks and, and with 300,000 miles on it. But, you know, we, you know, remanufactured yeah. or, re- or overhauled the engine or whatever. The thing is that a new truck like that now is 75,000 bucks. So yeah, uh, people need right. them to do their jobs. You know, the concrete guy and the plumber and the, the carpenter and. All the people that need a big, heavy truck, like I'm pulling right now, I'm pulling a dump trailer around with my little Jeep, and uh, it's just not, it's, well, I am I can do it empty, but if I fill it up, I can't really go anywhere with it. So you have to have these heavy vehicles, well, you know? I agree. And I'm so glad that you brought up the 200,000 mile thing, because I have a BMW 7 Series I wanted to sell you. <laughs> it's a cream puff. Yeah, with 200,000. You'll be fine. Uh-huh. You'll be fine. Yeah, huh Uh, I think I'll pass Uh, more on this uh, topic uh, with Brian Moody from AutoTrader, AutoTrader.com. You know, you got to really know what you want and go after that and don't get um, distracted by shiny things. We'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, it is The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Brian Moody's on the line from autotrader.com. And, uh, you know, autotrader, how many years have I been working with autotrader? Let me think about it. Hold on. 30. 30, maybe more. <laughs> 30 years. Yes, because I used to buy, when autotrader, I know you know this, but I used to buy the centerfold of our local autotrader. Because I was a car dealer back then, 30 years ago. I had my own little car yeah. lot. It was called Auto House because it was a little house. And uh, so I thought when I first bought it, I thought, oh, cool. It's Auto House spelled like a house, not H-A-U-S, the German way. And um, I had a cool little car lot. I was in my, uh, let's see here. I actually bought it when I was 24. So it would have been 1984. And I had it from 84 to 90. Three. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I shut it down 30 years ago. <laughs> no, 20 years ago. Wait a minute. Wow. Let's see. 93. Oh yeah. 30 years ago. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Right. And I started working for Motor Trend not too long after that, which is kind of funny. 
But uh, here's what it is. I used AutoTrader religiously, even when it was before the Internet. It was just the AutoTrader, you know, the, I hate to call it a magazine, but I guess that's kind of what it was. But Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And I, I would buy the centerfold because, to me, uh, you just naturally opened up to it. But anyway, AutoTrader still kicking butt today. Brian Moody's the executive editor. Exactly. So you were going to tell me a little exactly. bit about uh, some of these uh, the high mileage vehicles and stuff we were talking about in the segment before. Yeah. So used cars. Here's yes. a we always talk about new cars, but here's some used car information. The average listing price of a used car for April was up a little bit. It's about twenty seven thousand dollars, twenty six nine to be exact. And. Here's how many of those cars you can expect to find. Across the country, there are about 2.1 million unsold used vehicles with a 44-day supply, an average listing price of $26,969, wow. and an average mileage on these used cars of $70,500. Hmm. So your point earlier that it used to be once you got to 100000 you were done, well, the improved quality and reliability of cars today, especially when you look at Honda, Toyota, Chevrolet, Nissan and others that, you know, people, like you said, you can go online and find a 150,000 mile Corolla and guess what? It's not 500 bucks. I can tell you that. Right. So just so you know, the average mileage on used cars right now is about 70,000. Mm. So the cars are lasting longer. Yeah. You know, I had a kid, uh, young man, I could tell, uh, wanted to buy, I have a 78 blazer. That's like a monster truck. Don't ask me why, but I do. And it's, it's lime green. It's jacked up, giant wheels and tires, and, I, and I've got it for sale. And the guy says, hey, you want to trade for my 2017 Chevy Silverado? You know, and, and I, I said, send me a link. You know, I'm, like, I'm looking at this going, this is a pretty nice car. And I thought to myself, you know, it's six years old now, so he's, he's probably paid it off. And he's, he's asking, you know, uh, he used Kelly Blue Book, and there's a little guide on there. And, you know, the thing that it linked that he sent me had the guide. And he's, he's asking the right price for this thing. It's a Silverado loaded, low miles, 50,000 miles. And I literally thought to myself, this guy has a very reliable, low-mileage car. And his, I hate to say it, but his ego wants this monster truck I have that, by the way, is absolutely beautiful. And I get it. He's a young guy. I can tell. Yeah. And so my, my response to him is I said, are you a fix-it-yourself kind of guy? Question mark. I said, because this machine will take constant upkeep and care. You know that he never responded to me? You know, and, and I, But I got to tell you, I thought to myself, I really don't want to trade somebody and have them get into something that is, you know, a monster truck. You better be a mechanic if you own a big old monster truck or have a mechanic in the family. Yeah. And... I think he must have thought about it and thought, yeah, you know what? I got something really reliable. So I, what I would say to people is when you're driving something that's really reliable and you see some ego machine on the side of the road and you trade off yeah. you know, something you have that is good and reliable that you know for the unknown, it's the devil I know or the devil I don't know. You don't know that devil that you're about to buy. You know, And you were talking about the Toyota yeah. Corolla. My son bought a Toyota Corolla and had like 150,000 miles on it. And him and his buddy... They did this, um, you know, world tour where they drove it all over the country. And it was so funny because sometimes they would just sleep in it. You know what I mean? It's like a, a, yeah, a 95 yeah. Toyota Corolla. And they, they never had any breakdowns. And 
it was just a good machine. It got like 35 miles to the gallon. So all I can tell you is that when you see a car that is for sale and it seems like really too good of a deal, it may be just a good deal that somebody doesn't know what they have. But, boy, take it and get it checked out. Check it out yeah. in, on Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com, sister to the Auto Trader, you know, a magazine here, the ma- Auto uh, Magazine, how you like that, website. All these things work together. But do your homework because you can buy just a, a machine that will make your life miserable if you're not careful. But if you do your homework. You know what they say. That's right, buyer beware. But uh, you do your homework. What, but. Yes. The cheapest Porsche you can find online. Yeah. Is really what? The most expensive Porsche you can find on. <laughs> there you go. One wow, more segment. Ten grand, and I can have a nine hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't sure. run. <laughs> we'll take a break. Brian Moody, AutoTrader.com, KBB.com for Kelly Blue Book. Find the value. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. This segment is brought to you in part by Subaru and their new Outback. Go where love takes you. Subaru. Uh, Brian Moody joining us, who I know is a Subaru fan. Yes, sir. Uh, Autotrader.com. Yes. Um, What do you know about this right to repair law, Brian? Is it Massachusetts? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. So just recently, like hot off the presses kind of thing, the federal government told automakers not to comply with a new Massachusetts state law. It's a fight over who can see the data in your car. And here's a summary as best I can grasp this, that cars have telematics or telemetric data. And that data is oftentimes necessary to repair a car. It can include things like a microchip that controls the coolant temperature switch or when the fan comes on or how much oil is in there, like all these data points that your car is carrying around, right? right? right. Every every car today, newer than, say, what, I don't know, what, 2010? Yeah. There's probably a rolling computer. Right. Okay, so now keep that in mind. In the background of that, in 2020, Massachusetts voters passed a so-called right law which requires automakers to provide their telematic data to third-party repair shops. So all of a sudden, 
it might be a battle between big dealerships and small repair shops. It does seem like it's a good intended thing. Like they're saying, hey, the small guy should be able to fix your car or should be given access to fix your car. Right. Just like the big franchise dealerships. I agree. But the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration today told automakers do not comply with that law because it poses potentially significant safety concerns. I think they're worried about hacking, but for the most part, uh, hacking into cars is not really a reality right now. Uh, you know, I, I think they're envisioning something where, you know, this may have been uh, on a Super Friends episode one Saturday morning where, like, this big mind in the sky controls all the cars and they crash them into <laughs> one place to take over the world or something right, like that. Right, right, right. I just think, you know, I think SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Market Association trade show, the SEMA organization is probably going to be the one that has to get involved with this kind of stuff because they're, they look out for our aftermarket industry, you might say. And I think we'll call these repair shops aftermarket repair shops, right? They're not manufacturer-endorsed repair shops. And I, I believe that they're very, very important because not everybody can afford to go and pay the big bucks over at the big, you know, $25 million dealership and you're paying for all their real estate and their improvements and tools and all the things they have. Of course. The little, little guy in and the- And your car you know, may be out of warranty. Right. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. Because when it goes out of warranty, you need to have, you know, somebody that maybe worked there at some point in time. I have a friend that was a Nissan factory, you know, Nissan mechanic for years, for like 20 years. And then he decided- yeah you know what, I'm just going to work out of my little shop on my own property. He lives in the county, and mm -hmm. he has a, a little two-car mm -hmm. garage shop next to his house, and he is a fantastic, and he still wears his Nissan uniform and everything. So he looks the part. He's got all the tools. He is the mechanic. He keeps up with all that stuff. And guess what? I don't have to pay $125 an hour. He's like $78 an hour, so, which is I need every right. penny I can in my pocket, you know? Right. I yeah. agree. I agree. And that's and really after the warranty. There's probably, there's probably a story to be told. We don't have time now, but I say there's probably a story to be told that the average consumer does not know exactly how it works when you take your car for warranty service or for repair service at some of these dealerships. The system for how those that work is assigned and how it's paid is very complicated. Oh, that's a, the kind of yeah. thing that I don't think the average person realizes. No, it's a big business unto itself. All right, give me one minute on the site that Auto Trader has that has the rest of the story. What do you call that? Yeah, so Oversteer is on Auto Trader, so it's autotrader.com slash Oversteer. And a lot of the stuff that we're talking about are topics on Oversteer gotcha. on Auto Trader. So gotcha. I'll just give you a couple of headlines just for the fun of it. You got you 30 seconds. Things. Go for it. The new Colorado ZR2 Bison, little video on that. Oh, the yeah. The new Faraday Future electric car is $300,000. Also, cool. the VW electric van is super cool. Yeah. And there's a great one. This is my favorite on the page. Jeep or not a Jeep. Across the world, trucks are sold that look a lot like Jeeps, but are they really? Ah, go Jeep. to autotrader.com slash oversteer and find out. There you go. Oversteer. It's the rest of the story, the things you may not expect to see at Auto Trader or Kelly Blue Book. Uh, Brian, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Always fun talking to you. Yes, sir.
Uh, this is The Drive. We've got another hour to go. We'll talk about motorsports with Stephen Cole Smith and Ed Justice Jr. Uh, this is The Drive. Stay with us. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com care. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, again, it is Father's Day weekend. Yes, Father's Day weekend. One of the fathers that I am uh, longtime friends with is uh, Ed Justice Jr. Happy Father's Day, Ed. I know well, you've thank got you to... very much. Yes, thank you. Yes, Stephen Cole Smith is following. He has no children, so I, he doesn't actually get to, you know, he doesn't get to partake in the Father's Day week. He's not a father. So what do you do when you don't have well, kids? I'm sure, I'm sure that... Some people out there that would loan him some. I guess, yeah. I'm going to actually, I think you know, I'll, lo- I'll kids, loan him. Kids for a day. Yeah, loan him a few of my kids. Then he could actually celebrate. He would, I'm going to have to talk to him about that off camera. Um. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, you could loan him like eight kids and still have another 12 left. You know, it's funny because I have gal friends that are not mothers. You know, they haven't had children yet. And we're like, happy Mother's Day. Oh, I'm not a mother. I'm not a mother. I'm a- well, still, it's Happy Mother's Day. You have a mother. Happy Woman's Day, whatever. Anyway, it's funny. Ed Justice Jr., by the way, president and CEO of Justice Brothers, America's brand for quality, justicebrothers.com on the web. Ed is also a photographer, longtime photographer. I saw pictures of him when he looked like Leave it to Beaver back in 1964 with a camera in his, in his hands at a racetrack. What year was that from that picture, Ed? That was a long Something time. like that. It was 60-something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you looked, I, it's just so funny. You look like the kid down the street in my, you know, on my block. I'm like, I know that kid from somewhere. What's he doing at the racetrack? Anyway. I know. I was out there getting in trouble. And, and, you know, I mean, people see that picture. First of all, before they see the picture, they don't believe when I say how young I was when I started shooting, you know, really professionally selling pictures to magazines. Right. And they go, yeah, yeah, no, there's no way. And, and then I show them the picture and they go, well, how could that be? And I said, well, <laughs> how it could be is there weren't as many attorneys back then. Right. There weren't as many and, rules. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, people weren't suing people like they do today. And yeah. if you got hurt, it was your fault. It yeah. wasn't anybody else's fault. It was right. your fault. Right. And, Should have been more aware. Yeah. 
Yeah, things have changed a lot. Oh, I in, tell you. You know, that period of time. I remember you telling me when I first met you, when I, I saw that picture, I think I looked you up or something, and I go, boy, you've been shooting pictures of motorsports for a long time, and you're like, yeah, since I was like 15 or something, right? And, yeah, uh, actually, before that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> he's right. And you go, yeah, Dan Gurney, his picture, you took the picture of him. He bought it from you for his, like, uh, the, the, the signing card, whatever they, something like that, right? Right. Right, right. Yeah. Now that that picture, I was 15 when I shot that picture. That's what it was. And uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, <laughs> a young kid. I didn't even have a, my driver's license yet. Yeah. And uh, either my dad or one of my uncles. I had two uncles. Would, you know, shuttle me out to uh, the racetrack, whichever type of racing it might be, and and uh, that was my way to get out there. And then once I got out there, I. Sort of like, okay, I'll see you at the end of the night. Where are we going to meet up? Right, and, right. Uh, you know, it <laughs> That's was great. Cool. It That's was great. Cool. So, first of all, a couple of things. Uh, last weekend was the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Stephen Cole Smith's going to give us kind of a full report on that. But did you watch any of that? Oh, boy, i tell you, did I watch any of it? I, uh, I can't honestly say I watched all of it. But, boy, I'll tell you what, I came close. <laughs> really? uh, I mean, I went to bed and... And got up, and so that whole, it would be early morning, coming out of evening, early morning stint that happened during our night, because they're nine hours ahead of us. Right, in France. uh, Was, you know, I I missed that. But, no, it it was incredible. You know, I mean, you read all sorts of comments about the coverage and all. And look it, I I'm not one of those guys. I mean, you can first of all, being in broadcast as we have been, right? We know how tough it is to actually pull off something like that and to be on the mic for that long talking about quote relevant stuff and spewing out facts and figures and having to be held to 100% accuracy that you don't make a slip of the tongue here or there. I mean, right. so you know, it's Look, it's a tough, tough job, but I'm of the feeling that I think it's just amazing that I can sit in my house and literally, if I want to, watch that race for 24 hours. Oh, it's so much more comfortable in the house than it is sleeping in the bleachers, as you and I have both had to do before. (laughs) All right, don't go anywhere, because I've I've never been to Le Mans, but I've done Daytona 24-hour, and I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, Ed Justice on the line here. We're talking about what's going on. It's the 75th anniversary of Porsche. Uh, Ed's a big Porsche guy. And it's Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day. We'll be right back. Hey, brother. Do you still believe in one another? Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. 
Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Thanks for listening to us on radio stations. Our podcast is available at uh, thedrivewithalantaylor.com on the web and other places you find podcasts. Ed Justice Jr. joining us from Justice Brothers, America's brand for quality, justicebrothers.com on the web. And thanks to our friends at Dodge for sponsoring the show. Dodge, domestic, not domesticated. Um, Ed, it's funny, you know... uh, we were talking about the 75th anniversary of Porsche, and I, I heard Porsche did not do so well at Le Mans. I don't know if you've heard about that. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't do well at all. In fact, you know, I was at Le Mans in 2018, mm. and that was the 70th anniversary of Porsche. And they did win the GT class that year with a Porsche 911 RSR. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it didn't work the way they wanted to. But, you know, this was the 100th anniversary of, of Le Mans. Oh, wow. And I think people are a little bit misunderstood or, or uh, confused about that. It's actually only the 89th race at Le Mans. Uh-huh. But the 100th anniversary. And the reason why... It's only 89 races in those 100 years. Is 1936, they didn't hold the race because there was a general strike in France. Right. And then the race wasn't held for 10 years during the World War II era. Well, I figured as much. Now, the Indy 500, which started 12 years earlier than the 24 Hours of Le Mans, they missed two years during World War I, and four years during World War II. Now, you might say, well, why did Indy miss four years during World War II and Le Mans miss 10 years during World War II? Well, that's the difference between a war being fought in your country versus in somebody else's country. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so Le Mans Mans is a very special event. I mean, it's, it's... not the single largest one-day sporting event. Indy holds that record. And Lamar is right there behind it, but it's not one day, number one. And number two, not everybody is 100% paid attendance at Lamar because there's, there's no way to control it because it's like, uh, you know, what is it, a 13-mile long course. Right, 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 right. Well, you said it right there. It's not a single one-day event. So even if everybody was in grandstands, it lasts 24 hours. So technically, right. you know, it spans, you know, uh, uh, well, it is that that is one day, I guess. So, I mean, if, if everybody would stay in their seats for 24 hours, that would be pretty wild. But anyway, but also it is so huge that not everybody, like you said, it's not a paid thing because some people, you know, at 13 miles long, you have people sitting in their front yards. So uh, there's a couple of things that make it a little different. But I did hear 
that it was a huge, huge audience of people. Biggest one they've ever had is what I'm I'm hearing from the, uh, you know, the street. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think in 11 years from now, when it's the hundredth race. Right. You're going to have just as big a crowd again, maybe even bigger. Yeah. Right. Right. So real quick, in about a minute and a half, 75th anniversary of Porsche, it doesn't seem like they're doing all that much for it. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a big milestone, but I, all I hear is they're having some parties at some of the dealers. And I know you said you went to one of the dealers, but it just seems like it's a little bit ho-hum. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I, look, at I can say I've got a hat from the 40th anniversary of Porsche. Yeah. I think I've got a hat from the 60th anniversary of Porsche. <laughs> uh, I've got some stuff from the 70th anniversary of Porsche. And now here we are at the 75th anniversary of Porsche. Right. And uh, so, you know, they, they had a deal at the uh, Porsche Experience Center here in L.A. Right. They had a deal. I mean, they've got multiples of those around the world. That was a paid event. They had only X number of seats, and they sold out very quickly. They had, you know, the events, like you said, at the uh, dealerships, and it will continue on through the tail end of the year. Hmm. So this is uh, not just, you know, uh, one weekend type thing. Of course, they put it around Le Mans because... You know, Porsche holds the record for 19 victories at Le Mans. Oh, there you go. And uh, they, they would have loved didn't... to have had the 20th victory right. on their 75th. But uh, really, uh, the wheels happen. sort of came off the wagon with the team at Le Mans this year. <laughs> right. Oh, well, it happens to the best of them, as they say. I'll take a little break, come back and uh, chat with uh, Ed Justice from Justice Brothers right after this. Stay with us. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And my buddy Ed Justice Jr. joining us, President and CEO of Justice Brothers, uh, justicebrothers.com on the web, on Facebook, Justice Brothers Inc., Twitter, Ed Justice Jr., and or at Justice Bros Inc. Instagram, you can find Ed at all kinds of different places. Justice Bros, Ed Justice Jr., Leica Justice because of his photography with Leica cameras. Uh, again, justicebrothers.com on the web. So, uh, Ed Justice, um, Indy 500, I didn't do much talking about the Indy 500. I usually, and you know, because we, we would go together for years and years, I did not go this year, I did not go. Last year, I have not been in like three years, but I know you went, as you always do. How was the Indy 500? Well, it was a fantastic race. You know, personally, we sponsored two cars with the Dreyer Reinbold racing team. One was driven by Ryan Hunter Ray, former Indy 500 champion, and the other was driven by Graham Rahal, who was filling in for Stefan Wilson, who had gotten injured in an uh, accident during practice. Right. When, 
Catherine Leg ran into the rear of him and uh, just punted him straight into the wall, and he ended up breaking a couple vertebrae. Thankfully, they were down in the area where it's not paralysis. Yeah. Uh, but it, it could have been otherwise, and we're very thankful for that. Yeah. But we ended up getting a, an 11th with Ryan Hunter Ray. We actually, uh, Ryan led seven laps of the race, and uh, which, as I jokingly tell people, Joseph Newgarden, who won the race, led five laps of the race. Of course, he led the most important one, the last one. Yeah. And uh, you only need to lead one lap of the race, really, and that's all that matters. So. Right, right. But anyway, it was, a, it was a great race. I mean, there were a lot of people uh, that could have won. I mean, obviously, Marcus Erickson clearly could have won, and there was some controversy about the way the red flags were handled at the last 20 laps of the race. They had three red flags. It was a record for red flags at the end of the race because of this desire not to finish the race under a yellow flag. And uh, I posted something on social media and, uh, you know, to prompt some positive feedback, which I did get positive feedback, nothing, nothing uh, negative or, or mean-spirited or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it is clear that people really do want to see races not end under a yellow flag. So the problem was it was not really well planned out at this year's 500. Right. And uh, there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason when they called the red, other than an accident had happened. But sometimes it might go a lap, and other times it could go several laps. And so that created a very sort of convoluted, situation for the finish but either way joseph newgarden was a very deserving winner i mean he actually started right next to ryan hunter ray our you know one of our cars and he came up the highest number of positions finishing in first Mm. which was something like 19 positions out of the 33 starting field so he drove a great race he really did and and again i might add that ryan you know i mean uh and the dryer reinbold team they put together a good effort too graham ray hall you know the car didn't start at the beginning and they did just one (laughs) one thing after another but but anyway so yeah no you know i mean look uh that was another victory for penske and, of course, you know, I mean, when his car wins at the track he owns and he owns the series and the red flags, and then people start coming up with all sorts of, you know, stuff on the Internet. Right. But, uh, but I, I don't think anybody really is honest or really understands Joseph Newgarden's talent level would doubt that he wasn't capable of, of winning that race. And uh, after, I don't know, I think 20 years of trying – a Shell sponsor car finally won the Indy 500. And it's funny because normally you and I would be working in some fashion with Shell, but because of the craziness of the, uh, you know, the whole COVID garbage, everybody kind of pulled back and they're not doing as much as they used to. And, you know, I mean, I, I and with Firestone the same way, we used to go and go to these Firestone because Firestone tires are what they run on the race cars. You used to do all right. these things with Firestone, everybody. So how was, speaking of that, how was the attendance? Was it full? Was it? St- oh, yeah, it was massive. Man. Yeah, it <laughs> was massive. I mean, look, at I've, I've been, this is almost my 50th straight year, wow. with the exception of the one year that none of us could go right. during COVID. Yes. And uh, 
that uh, was what? Uh, yeah, 2020. Yeah. And because uh, we won in 2021, and I was there, and so, but, but anyway, yeah, it uh, it was a massive crowd. I mean, it it's back. I mean, you know, the ticket sales are off the charts. Mm. And uh, I think everybody went home very happy. I yeah. mean, maybe your guy didn't win, but hey, you know what? There's 32 other people that didn't win to the one person that did win. Right. Well, I kind of miss not going. Maybe I'll have to go next year again. It is it's an amazing event. You just, you, you know, if you love motorsports, the Indy 500 is one that you should probably make the time to go see. It's just, um, it's fantastic. Uh, Ed Justice Jr., thank you, sir. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Stephen Cole Smith from Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports talking about the 24 Hours of Le Mans and um, just some other stuff that's going on in his world. Uh, JusticeBrothers.com. Thank you, Ed. All right. Thank you. Great, great to talk weekend. to you. And happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Father's Day to you. That's right. I keep forgetting. Golly. Happy Father's Day. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Oh, well, life in the fast lane couldn't be more appropriate for Stephen Cole Smith, who lives his life uh, pretty much in the fast lane, covering motorsports for Haggerty, Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. Um, Le Mans was last week, the 24 hours of Le Mans. And uh, Steve is going to give us a little report on that. Uh, we've, we've heard from Ed Justice Jr., who also talked about it a little bit, but uh, a whole different in-depth report from Stephen Colesmith. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Doing okay. How are you? Good. Uh, just, you know, it's hot all over the country right now, and we've got a little heat wave growing. I'm, I'm enjoying sitting here in the radio studio in the air conditioning. Thank God. Anyway, Man. Yes. It's blistering hot down here. It's, I mean, it's unseasonably hot. It's, it's middle of August hot. Yeah. Well, you're in Florida, and I'm on the West Coast. And, uh, you know, it's funny. It was like it was burning hot. It was uh, the blazing sun. Then all of a sudden, like Hawaii, a whole bunch of clouds moved in. And then all of a sudden, we looked at each other. Me and the other guys that were working at it were pouring some concrete a little while ago. And I, I ran back over to the studio to do this. And, and the guy goes, it feels like it's Hawaii. It got real humid. <laughs> 
You know, and it's kind of funny. You never can't tell with weather. But anyway, what was the weather yeah. like for Lamont, as a matter of fact? How was the weather? Terrible. Just yeah. terrible. Yeah, I heard. Um, they, uh, they covered the least distance that they have in, I think, 22 years because there was so much uh, yellow flag running. Oh, wow. There were cars. Uh, you know, Lamont is eight miles long, so it can be pouring down in one corner and completely dry in another corner right and normally the guys are running slick tires so when they hit some of that rain there was one point where they were coming down a hill and it looked like lemmings jumping over the side of a cliff Oh, Um, it was grim so there was a lot of uh there they only had 40 cars finished at a 62 and that's the least amount in 11 years so wow. there was a lot of attrition yeah 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 well i noticed because i'm friends with the uh, president of general motors he was very proud of a uh, corvette evidently took first place in its class so maybe yeah walk through that a little bit yeah they did a great job they were two laps down they had a damper failure and uh, they came back from two-lap deficit to, to win the race by more than a minute. The two guys were Corvette drivers plus Ben Keating, the uh, Texas car dealer. He owns 28 car dealerships yeah. in Texas. And he was racing with them and did a fantastic job. Ben is such a good driver. I've raced against him. I beat him once. I like to tell him that I beat him once in a Viper race, <laughs> but his Viper broke about a lap into the race, so I beat him by, by 10 laps. <laughs> right. So, well, uh, all that matters is you, you won, a, though. You there was won. another race the next day, and he lapped me twice. Oh, so That kind of tells you how how good he is compared to how bad I am. <laughs> I did that with uh, Hurley Haywood, a Porsche, of course, the world-famous Porsche driver. I thought I'd show him what a good driver I was over at Laguna Seca. And uh, I thought I was just killing it, you know. And then he goes, all right, well, how about I take you for a ride now? So I took him on two laps. He took me on two laps. And the old story goes, I said, uh, hey, can you take me directly over to the uh, Port of Johns over there? Because I have soiled my underwear. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Right. Anyway, that's funny. Okay, so Ferrari. Can you talk a little bit about Ferrari at Le Mans? Yeah, this is the first time Ferrari has run for the uh, overall in uh, close to 50 years, I think. And they last won in, I think, 1974. So it's been a long time. It's been uh, quite a a lot of miles have passed since Ferrari ran for the top rung on the ladder. You know, they win a lot in the GT class. The GT cars are the ones that are built out of actual cars or as the prototypes that went overall are the ones that are built from scratch and right. Ferrari never put a wheel wrong, man. They just uh, looked like they were so much in charge and they broke a winning streak from Toyota that was five years long. Wow. Toyota came in second and two of Chip Ganassi's Cadillacs came in third and fourth. So they were in the mix. They did a good job. Wow. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I saw somebody did a story, and I, I blew past it. I wasn't as interested as I probably should have been about Ferrari's involvement in the 24 Hours of Le Mans versus the F1 racing. And maybe they spent a little more time, you know, working on the Le Mans race side of things this year for some reason. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's a pretty good point. You know, they have done well in Formula One, but they haven't been – 
dominating the way they used to. Mercedes mm. and Red Bull are faster than Ferrari is generally. Mm. But uh, it, it was worth it because they were so dominating and so fast at Le Mans that I think that race is as important as any F1 race in the world. I think so, too. I think they were smart uh, for putting their toe in the water here in such a way that it is meaningful and not just putting all their, their eggs in one basket with F1. So, yeah, I think it was smart, too. Any other Absolutely. Uh, any other stuff that was uh, highlights for Le Mans last week? Well, it was just the first year that the cars that ran in IMSA, like ran in the 24 hours of Daytona, were able to run in Le Mans. So we had Roger Penske's Porsches, and uh, the highest finishing Porsche of the three finished ninth, but then had a penalty. I think it got kicked back to 14th. This is the only thing Roger Penske hasn't won is Le Mans. And he teamed up with Porsche thinking they had a pretty good shot. And the cars were fast. They did lead at one point. But they just had one gremlin after another and one crash after another. And it was a miserable day for Roger Penske and Porsche. Well, they just uh, they just had no luck whatsoever. And on a 75th anniversary of Porsche, too. Absolutely, yeah. They were hoping for a big... Uh, a uh, big splash, and they just kind of sputtered out and uh, ended up toward the back of the field. Mm. Well, I've always wanted to go to the 24 Hours of Le Mans, mainly because it's in France, and it just seems like it would be fun. I did Daytona one year. It was fun, but it wasn't as fun, I think, just because, you know, it's here in the U.S., and whenever you're overseas, there's just some sort of, I don't know, just some kind of something cool about it. Maybe someday Yeah, they had about 350,000 people. I think it rivaled the Indy 500 wow. as the biggest sporting event in the world. Wow. And, uh, man, it, it looked like they had 350,000. Every time they would pan the camera, it would just be uh, an, just a sea of people. Wow. That's gigantic. Gigantic audience uh, for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. All right. Well, I'm sure Steve uh, will be writing about it in one of these at Haggerty.com. Are you, you going to be stories there? Already there? What's going on? Yep. Already done some stuff for Haggerty.com. Okay. With Crashers Motorsports, I've got a couple of stories in, too, but they're on something else. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take a break. Come back and talk more about the world of motorsports with Stephen Cole Smith. This is The Drive all across America and around the world. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. This message comes from our sponsor, Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com slash care. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. Thanks to our friends at Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, Stephen Cole Smith joining us, automotive expert and uh, motorsports journalist for Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. Uh, Steve, I heard that Jimmy Johnson was driving a NASCAR car 
at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and I thought, this is either a joke or it's a lie. And I figure, who to, better to know than you? What's the story with this? Well, they have an entry at uh, Le Mans called Garage 57. They used to run only 57 cars there. They had 62 this year. And the Garage 57 entry was for an experimental vehicle, something that wasn't scored, something that was just out there for exhibition purposes. You remember the Delta Wing? Yeah. That crazy black Batmobile-looking thing? That (laughs) was one of the original Garage 57 cars. Well, they had NASCAR put together a cup car, a Camaro, and build it for Le Mans, build it for a 24-hour race. I mean, they normally go 600 miles at the longest race, and this was about 2,300 miles. So it was something NASCAR hadn't done in a long time, although they did have cars over there 50 years ago. Right. But Jimmy Johnson was one of the drivers. Mike Rockefeller, who's a, uh, a sports car specialist, and Jensen Button, a former Formula One champion, oh, yeah. drove the car. Yeah. And there were times they were lapping as fast as the Ferrari GT cars <laughs> until they uh, lost a transmission. They had to rebuild a transmission. Oh, and they ended gosh. up coming in 39th out of 62 cars. <laughs> but they showed uh, they showed who was the loudest. That thing was uh, making a lot of noise, and the crowd absolutely loved it. Oh, man. Wow. So, yeah, I heard rumor that that was going to happen. I thought, well, we got to ask about that because – during the break, I, I thought there's a couple things we should talk about for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. One was, you know, with all the electric cars, was there anything that was electric that was racing in that? And I can't imagine there was, but then you mentioned that, and I thought, heck, yeah, we got to talk about that. But what about the electric cars? Yeah. Nothing there yet in well, electric? It, it, yeah, the answer is yes and no. The new prototype cars, the GTP cars that we race here, yeah. that debuted at the 24 Hours of uh, Daytona, and these Lamar cars are hybrids, and they have to come in and go out of the pits under electric power. So uh... you see a car screaming out of the pits, but it wasn't making any noise. So that's uh, they had small batteries. They had some... Uh, uh, you know, electrical capabilities. The Peugeot, I think, was the only one that really had problems. When uh, they overheat, they just basically park the car and leave the driver in it and just leave it alone until it cools off. And that <laughs> happened with the Peugeot at uh, Sebring, and it happened over there, too. So otherwise, they were all pretty much uh, bulletproof. Wow. Well, and I, I know that, you know, part of the the electrification of the automobile is a performance equation, you might say, but it sounds to me like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like this in this case was a performance thing. It was more of just a, Oh, I don't know. Conversation piece kind of a thing. What do you think? It's something for the manufacturers because they're the ones dumping all the money into hybrids and electric cars and, this gives the manufacturers a reason to tell the board of directors that they're uh, spending money on racing and it's uh, it's money well spent because it's they've got hybrid powertrains in them. So it's more of a uh, a way to make a point. Mm. That's kind of what I figured, but nothing all electric and that kind of answers that for me. It's 
Yeah, it's just no, another it's world. It's going to be a while. They won't have yeah. to figure out how to swap the batteries out or recharge them so quickly that they wouldn't lose time. So we're a long way away from having an electric uh, 24 hours. Mm. Give me a couple of minutes on the upcoming Chicago NASCAR race, street race. Man, that's going to be crazy. It's, uh, you know, they've run in Chicago before, but they haven't run a street race in my lifetime, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty damned old. This is going to be a street race through downtown Chicago on a pretty tight track. I've seen the track, and there's not a whole lot of passing and not a whole lot of room for error. It kind of reminds me of the Long Beach track that uh, IndyCar races on. Right. And it's uh, it's going to be on July 4th weekend Ooh. on a Sunday at 5.30 p.m., so they should have a pretty good audience. It's going to be on NBC. It's not going to be on one of the cable networks. I understand. So, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm expecting it to be a pretty, uh, pretty amazing event. I understand because of the, uh, well, just because of the climate in Chicago, the uh, crime rate and what have you, that the drivers are going to have to wear flak jackets. Any truth to that? <laughs> they told them to keep moving. Don't stop. No, don't pick up any hitchhikers. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't stop for the red light. It's a, it's a trick. Yeah, right. All right, Stephen Colesmith, one more segment. Uh, Haggerty.com, you can find his uh, stories that he writes on motorsports and other things. Also, Grassroots Motorsports. Uh, this is The Drive. Thanks to our friends at Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Every week we're here talking about uh, what's going on in the automotive world for motorsports, car shows, new cars, electric cars, minivans, sport trucks, uh, big sedans, uh, whatever there is to talk about. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. <laughs> you're listening to the drive all across america i'm alan taylor thanks for joining us i'm just a car guy just a car guy like my buddy stephen cole smith from haggerty haggerty.com just car guys and gals grassroots motorsports car guys car gals talking about cars and motorsports and car hey, shows what are you driving now anyway didn't you didn't you sell a bunch of stuff uh you know what what am i driving i gotta tell you <laughs> um I bet it's a truck. I bet yeah. it's a dollar it's a truck. Yeah. I So, listen, because of the COVID, everybody's life changed. Did your life change at all because of the, the, the pandemic garbage over the last few years? Yeah, it did. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody's it life really was affected by it in one way or another. My thing was that, um, let me just tell you a quick story. In the year 2000, I had a chance to get a dream car, okay? The year 2000 was kind of a big year for me. So what happened was I made a deal with Ford Motor Company. I got a phone call because I had Dodge Demon number eight, serial number eight, right? Wow. And you, you remember, I, and I was talking about it all the time, and I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, getting the thing, you know, popping wheelies all over, burning out, going through tires like crazy. And I had serial number eight, and so I had to keep it 18 months. That was the deal that I made. I had to keep it 18 months because they – they gave me a little favoritism, you might say, by getting a low serial number because they sponsor the show, right? And I asked, sure. you don't get what you don't ask for. I asked for a low serial number, and he goes, you know what? We had somebody back out of serial number eight. So if you want eight, you can have eight. I'll give you eight. Not give, Man. but I, I buy it, of course. But So I got number eight, and I was so happy. I got to tell you, I think it was middle-aged crazy. I was 58 years old and 2018. And I got this black demon, right? So I decided I'm going to sell it. I've, I've had it. It's going to kill me. I'm driving too fast. I'm going to get tickets. I just, I decided, all right, that's it. I'm selling it. So I sold it. I had seller's remorse. The worst seller's remorse you could ever imagine. And I was walking around complaining to everybody that I had seller's remorse. And then so I complained to somebody at Ford Motor Company. They said, so you still got that demon? I said, no, I sold it and I am pissed off. I sold it and I should have never sold it. So the guy says, well, why don't you buy a Mustang from us? I said, you get, get me serial number eight, a Mustang GT500, and I, and I would buy it. He goes, I think I could do that. And I'm like, whoa. I go, you're lying. He goes, no, I think I could do that. So they called me back, and they said, we got number eight for you. And I'm like, get out of here. Wow. So I bought serial number eight of the new GT500 in 2020. And then I called Shelby, and I said, listen, I want to do uh, something special to this car. And he goes, well, we're about to do a Carroll Shelby special edition, right? And I'm like, really? And I go, well, do you have serial number eight? And he goes, yeah, I think we probably do because we haven't really done anything yet. I said, can I guarantee to get serial number eight so I have a matching serial number for the CSM number, the Carroll Shelby manufacturing number they put on the dash? He says, yeah, let me check. Yeah. This is president of Shelby, Gary Patterson. So guess what? I got serial number eight. So now I have a first time in history ever that the serial number of the package of the car matched the serial number of the car because my serial number was simply 00008. So long story short, my mom and dad both pass away. I get the car. I honestly, I got the car. It took nine months to, to do it to Carol Shelby's place. I never drove the car, Steve. You remember I was going through a hard time there. I just, yeah, I, I put it on auction and I sold it to a guy that could give a hoot. He could give two dams, whether it had matching serial numbers. He just wanted a GT500 and I put mine up for auction and I sold it and I probably just broke even on it. But you know what? So there is another chance for Alan to get his middle age crazy. There's a new demon coming out called the Demon 170. And it's 1,025 right. horsepower. So I talked to the president of Dodge, and I go, listen, I had a couple of bad years. I really want one of these demons. And he's like, you know what? He goes, I know what you've been through. We're going to make one available to you. So I've got a new demon on order. Whoa. 
Yeah. I thought so, you were done with muscle cars. I thought I was done with muscle cars too, but I'm not. <laughs> I am not going to go electric, Steve. I am not going to go electric. Anyway, there um, you go. I figured you should know Man. the whole story on that because you know you gotta you gotta take me for a ride in that thing. It's the only other. It's the only way I'll get a ride in one of those. <laughs> so when you come visit me, then I'm going to take you for a ride that you will not forget. And the last time I did that, I did a 360 at 110 miles an hour because I lifted too hard. Let me tell you, these cars, man, when you got a thousand horsepower under your foot, you got to be careful. That's all I can say. Steve, thank you for being with us today. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, that's it. I'm done for the day. And now I'm going to go and drive my little diesel Jeep that gets 29 miles to the gallon. Yeah, that's it. See you next week, everybody. never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc